0: So a name tag is its a symbol, and it's my identity. It's Scott. That, that's who I am. So what can each person do to let the people in their class know who they are? you don't need to wear a name tag. Maybe it's your choice in music. Maybe it's the language that you use when you're talking to people or the stories that you tell. Maybe it's the way that you prepare the class uh, or what you say after class. But I think each individual teacher has their own brand, their own thing that you can harness, that you can use that makes people want to come back to your class, not the other guy or not whoever's teaching at eight, your class.
1: This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. All right, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, and as always, you can reach me, John, at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. It's with great excitement that I'm going to be bringing my guest on here momentarily because he's an expert on you being more approachable, being more engaging with your students. But before I get to the name tag guy, I'm going to talk quickly about our sponsor, Cycling Fusion. And you've heard me speak about them before. If you have need for an initial certification or sharpen up some of the tools in your instructor toolkit... I would suggest that you get over to cyclingfusion.com and check with them. They do have a number of workshops scheduled. They've got one coming up in April the 23rd in Fort Bliss, Texas, and a pair of certifications that are happening in North Carolina the 30th and May 1st. And again, cyclingfusion.com is where you're going to find information on that. So, I would like everyone to meet Scott Ginsberg, who's more commonly known as the name tag guy. Scott, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast.
0: Thanks, man. I'm excited. I just took a spinning class about two weeks ago. My girlfriend taught it and kicked my butt. Oh, <laughs> my
1: God. So your girlfriend is an instructor. Where does she teach?
0: Uh, here in St. Louis. She just got certified, so she's only done a class. And uh, it was great, man. I've We had like eight people, and I haven't spun in a long time. But my girlfriend's uh, she's a slave driver, so she's perfect for teaching.
1: Well, well we try to focus on the the training aspects, but right. but uh, but if it's been a couple of weeks or longer since you've been to one, I can understand how your butt got kicked. Right, right. Now, you're a very well-known author, presenter, and famous for wearing a name tag. Give everybody a quick understanding of what that whole thing's about.
0: Well, this whole thing started as an experiment uh, about 11 years ago, which is 3815 days. And uh, I was in college, just trying to make friends, meet girls, and I had this idea to just kind of throw a name tag on for fun. And people responded really well to it, and the experiment worked successfully. So I just kind of kept doing it, and eventually had this thought to write a book about my experience. So wrote the book. I've been a writer since I was a kid, so that was easy, and uh, I learned how to publish it started my own company, and then it just kind of evolved from there, and books led to interviews, interviews led to speaking engagements, that led to consulting, consulting led to video, video led to uh, mentoring, which led to art projects and all kinds of stuff, so I've built quite the robust enterprise now over the past eight years, and um, it's exciting. I get to be a resource to my clients in a lot of ways, and uh, you couldn't pay me not to do it.
1: The basic concept is by you wearing a name tag, people feel uh, much more at ease to engage with you.
0: It's amazing how simple it is. It's just a sticker. and It has my name on it. But it gives people permission. I think that's one of the keys that we all need to remember as leaders, as teachers, as instructors is how do you give someone permission to feel comfortable to ask a question, to say hi? So being approachable is also about, about being listenable, joinable. A talk, I mean, there's all the different ways you can look at it. And I think the goal is not to wear a name tag, but to find out for each person, what's your name tag?
1: Explain that more.
0: Sure. So a name tag is, it's a symbol. And it's my identity. It's Scott. It, that, that's who I am. So what can each person do to let the people in their class know who they are? you don't need to wear a name tag maybe it's your choice of music maybe it's the language that you use when you're talking to people or the stories that you tell maybe it's the way that you prepare the class uh, or what you say after class but i think each individual teacher has their own brand their own thing that you can harness that you can use that makes people want to come back to your class not the other guy or not whoever's teaching at eight your class
1: excellent well and- And I think that's what we're all trying to do. You know, obviously, it's a friendly competition within a studio or or a fitness club. But you're right. The person with the big class is the one that everybody looks up to. Right. Okay, okay, but just to get to the very simplistic part of it, though, is that would you recommend all of us wearing a name, some type of a name tag?
0: It certainly would be helpful because think about how many questions go unanswered because class is over, they're sweaty and disgusting, they can't move their legs, and it's like, you know, I was going to ask this. What the hell is that? Ah, forget it. Let's just go get food. So I think people run into that a lot. I'm a yoga student and I certainly uh, go out of my way to learn all my teachers' names because if I didn't, they wouldn't be askable. And my teachers in the yoga studio do a great job of every single class, even if there's only one new student beginning and end of class, they say their name. So the first and last thing you'll hear is, oh, it's Rebecca. That way you can say, hey, Rebecca, you know, um, I really wasn't hydrated, so what can I do next time to prepare – If you wear a name tag physically on your shirt, cool. If you have to just say your name at the beginning of the end, that might be enough just because people will forget after 60 minutes. But some way, let them know what your name is. If you have to make a little card and put it on each bike and say, your teacher today is Matthew, hey, whatever it takes.
1: What about going the other direction? Does wearing a name tag, and again, it sounds like such a simple thing, but does wearing a name tag make it easier for me to engage with my student?
0: It does because there's there's something about wearing a name tag that changes you. Keep in mind, I've been doing this 24-7 for 11 years. So when you wear a name tag... Your confidence increases because you're accountable to yourself. Your name is right there on your chest and you are sort of sticking yourself out there. So not right away necessarily but the more you do it, the more practice you get with it, the more comfortable you feel in your own skin and and your identity and, and sort of who you are as a leader and as a teacher. And you might not do it consciously but it actually does make you more likely to approach others.
1: You know, it's interesting when you say that because I can remember many times leaving trade shows or whatnot and right. forgetting you have the name tag on, you walk in the convenience store and they say, well, hi, John, how you doing? Right. And you look at them, you know, kind of like your dog looks at you thinking, right. oh, how, did, how did they know? And then all of a sudden you realize, like, my name tag's on. But all of a sudden we bond at a very, very mm. small level, even sure. with that clerk. And beyond where they normally would. Very, very cool. It,
0: yeah. It's, it, it's that spontaneous moment of playful human interaction that wouldn't have occurred otherwise. And when those add up over time, you have people that feel better. And that, the whole part about being a leader, and I, I think anyone who's a teacher and instructor, you're a leader. And leadership is about how people experience you, and more importantly, how they experience themselves in relation to you. So after a spinning class, it's not how much they love you. It's how much they love themselves because of you.
1: I agree. I don't think that could have been put any better. And so when when we've gotten to that point where there's that initial interaction and in that people have comfort working with us, okay, then we're going to have the ability to engage at a higher level or a deeper right. level, correct?
0: Absolutely. I think something simple like a name or kind of that basic level, we got to get past that. I mean, sure, it's kind of cliche and it's not the most exciting. It's only, however, once we move past that basic level that we can connect and we can engage on a deeper level. And if you want to motivate someone, if you want to inspire them and if you want them to perform and get to the the best of their human potential, you have to move past that. And then that's when you get into the good stuff of, of motivating and inspiring these people to be the best they can.
1: Have you seen examples like that in your life, where where yeah. one led to the next?
0: Yeah, let me give you an example. So I started taking yoga, Bikram yoga. So it's 105 degrees for 90 minutes. It's like a death chamber, and, <laughs> and, you're uh, and I love
1: it. And you're complaining about a spinning class.
0: Uh, you're right. No, you, yeah. If you if you, if you think spinning is tough, go do Bikram yoga in July and August. So I've been doing it for uh, you know four years now, and. My favorite teacher, her name is JJ, and she learned my name immediately. Of course, I got a name tag on, so I guess that's not hard for her. But she's really good at, at, you know, at saying your name and kind of helping you out in postures. What she did, though, that really inspired and motivated me that no teacher has ever done for me I fell out of posture once. Uh, I think we were doing like a standing head to knee and you're on one foot and I fell over. It happens all the time. Everybody falls over. What was interesting was how she responded to it because I was dehydrated. I was tired. I kind of – I was just like didn't want to do the posture. So I just said, I sit down and, and just kind of sit out. No big deal, right? So some teachers will be like, uh, like, okay, have a seat. No big deal. All right, you'll come in the next one. What she said was, thank you for listening to your body. Now, that was cool because from a leadership perspective, let's think about what she did. Okay, It was rooted in gratitude. So you always lay a foundation of affirmation with every student in class no matter what happens. Uh, It was non-threatening. It kind of diffused my embarrassment of falling out. Uh it also was complimentary. So I didn't kind of be expected to, oh well, thanks for listening to my body. I was like, yeah, I did something right. I listened to myself. I'm gonna die and I set out. So I didn't realize that was a good thing. And it's also it's honorable and it's respective. And what she does is she's not like reacting to me and freaking out. She's just responding. It's non-judgmental and in sort of a non-critical language way. She put me at ease and she made me feel better. And and ever since then, that was a couple of years ago, I'll never forget that. And she's always been my favorite teacher because of those words, thank you for listening to your body.
1: And so essentially what happened is that there was some, uh, she created a level of commitment in you or mm. to her.
0: She did. That's the cool thing about being a leader is you can't motivate people. What you can do is inspire them to motivate themselves. And when they do that... They're committed because they want to be, and it's reciprocal. So she has her commitment, I have my commitment, and it it works together. And that's where we get one of those classes that people never forget.
1: You just said something that I think is very important, that we can't motivate them. We can only inspire them to motivate themselves.
0: Yeah, motivation doesn't work. I I don't care what people say. I don't don't care what Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley, with Matt Foley. Like, none of that stuff is real. People are motivated. People do stuff because they want to. Not not because you want to, and I mean you can get people to comply, but compliance is coercion. that's no good. If you, people will comply for sixty minutes, but they're not going to come back once a week for the rest of their life to your class unless they're committed. So what I've been doing for you know all this time as a professional speaker and, and as a reader, I mean I got my I have readers, I got audience members, I've got clients, I got mentoring people that I work with, and I, I've tried to motivate them, but it doesn't work. So what I figured out is actually something I learned when I was in high school. So growing up in St. Louis, there was a sandwich place that all my friends used to work at. And we would go there and you know, like at a sandwich place, they got the little like punch card.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Frequent, you, like, frequent buyer card or whatever. Yeah, you,
0: twelve sandwiches and then you the thirteenth one is free. So we would go there and my friends would go behind the counter and when no one was looking, they would just punch like seven stamps on our <laughs> card just for one sandwich. And it's it's illegal and they were probably stealing money, but who cares? Those sandwiches we're amazing. So what I learned from that is got to start punching people's sandwich card of inspiration. And what I mean is when someone comes in like a first-timer, that's really important. you got to punch up their sandwich card. So when the first timer is done with a class, you've got to let them know, man, you did an unbelievable job. Are you sure this is your first time? And you, and you really kind of build them up and you inspire them and let them know that most people on their first time are not as good as they were. And you're not, you know, it's not like you're lying to them. You're, just, you're affirming them. And what happens is these people, they're, they're motivated because they feel like they're already closer to the finish line than they realize. And all you had to do is affirm them. I mean, my first-timers in my yoga studio, I let them know, hey, man, this is your first time? Wow, you – man, most people don't even make it. You already beat half of those guys and they're always like totally inspired. And I think that's the approach that you got to take with people.
1: You know, the thought came to me, there's a lot of parties you'll go to where the host, hostess typically, will have name tags for everybody. Sure. Does that make sense that that we would put name tags on our students?
0: Well – you got to be careful just because sweat will usually negate the adhesive of a name tag. (laughs) Right. So um, you know what a a good idea would be? Why don't you bring name tags and put them on the bikes and have people fill them out so they don't have to worry about wearing a name tag. But if you put it on the front of the bike, then you can call them out and personalize the service and the teaching instruction in class. You don't have to do it, but just tell them, if any of you today would like some more personal attention and some personal uh, help, uh, as a student, fill out a name card and I will make sure to use your name personally and give you the attention that you deserve. If people want to do it, great. If not, that's cool too. But all that's going to do is just like a classroom. It's like having a name card. Why wouldn't you do it on a bike?
1: Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean it's not – I mean not- some
0: people – and some people want the privacy and you got to respect that. You don't make people do it. But I would – I mean it's interesting. So I wear a name tag every day. I get more attention in class. I get more corrections. I get more compliments. And I also, if I screw up, I'm in trouble too. But I get better teaching because I wear a name tag. And I think that's interesting. So it's not a bad idea. It's something to think about.
1: Well, because I know as an instructor, my comments will be directed toward those that I I know. Right. I'm not going to, you know, rather than somebody who I, maybe I met, forgot their name or whatever.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like if you forgot their name, you also don't have a chance to affirm them so if you had everyone's name then no one feels like left out like one of my teachers uh, Rebecca a different teacher she's really good with names like she she'll have a little sticky note with all the new people on it and she will go out of her way she will use every single name in the class at least once and uh, it's incredible like when teachers don't do that to me it feels a little distant
1: do you have any tips as far as you know just the basic process of learning names even if there isn't a name tag
0: yeah, it depends on how you learn. I mean, I'm a visual guy, so a lot of times I'll use a uh, some kind of feature about the person and then I use the same letter as the name. So if I see someone who has black hair and his name's Barry, I could think, you know, black hair Barry, and then it becomes this visual reminder when you look at him. You just gotta be careful you don't call it like, you know, huge ass Amanda, because then you might say that on accident and she can get upset. <laughs> okay.
1: No, no, we wouldn't want to. And that's one of those things from an instructor is, don't think it, don't think it, don't right, think don't it.
0: Don't think it, don't think it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: may end up saying.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Very cool. All right. So t- t- tell everybody what else is it that you do? I mean, you, obviously beyond wearing a name tag, but you're doing sure. a lot of speaking. Who typically are you talking to?
0: Well, when I give a presentation, uh, it depends. I mean, tomorrow I'm going to Phoenix and I'm working with a group of financial advisors. Next week, I'll be in Chicago. Um, I'm doing, I do a lot of stuff for Nestle Purina. So, I mean, I work with nonprofits. I work with professionals. I work with businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, some students uh, occasionally. So when you have a topic like approachability and engagement and commitment, I mean, it appeals to a lot of different audiences. So I don't really have like one particular group. I'm, I'm all over the world, and I work with all kinds of people, and it's pretty cool because I get to learn from them more than they learn from me.
1: No matter what we're doing, we all actually have the same problems and they all basically call oh, yeah. interactions between yeah. other humans, right? All of us. Yeah, and there's some that are really good at it and some of us that, <laughs> that need to learn more.
0: And, okay. I, and I, I, I suffer just as much as, as anyone with my own share of uh, problems dealing with people, so I'm getting better too. And, and thank God I write these books because I need to read them.
1: <laughs> well, well, and tell us about the books real quick. I know you've got resources sure. available. What, what are they?
0: Yeah. you know, I've written a dozen books and they're on a lot of stuff on approachability. We got stuff on marketing. Uh, I got a book that just came out on execution, which I'm really excited about because it's the entrepreneurial perspective and it's about how do we take action on the things that matter most in our work and in our lives and how do we cut out the crap that's just like wasting our time. So execution is important to me just because I I made a career out of wearing a name tag. I I have a publishing and consulting company with eight different income streams. And that's from a sticker. So that's, that's not execution. I don't know what is. And so I took some lessons I learned and put it in the book.
1: We have a large community of fitness professionals, but more so uh, we also have kind of a subgroup of that, which are studio owners, managers and whatnot. And so some of the things that you're discussing from a business perspective certainly would make a lot of sense to them, I would think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. From the leadership stand and interpersonal side and also on the branding, marketing, and enterprising side because um, you're selling that experience. And what people are buying into, it's not just the product. And by product, I mean the the class, for example. They're they're buying the product. They're buying you. They're buying the philosophy behind it. They're buying the story that you're telling to get them in the door. I mean, all of this, the process – that's all part of what you're selling, and, and you've got to make sure that, that you're offering all of those elements to what you do, or else it's your, people are just giving you money.
1: One of the books I saw that I actually had some interest in is The, uh, the Approachable Manager. Right. I, I don't know if I got the title quite right, but explain yeah. that. That seemed to be quite interesting.
0: Managers are notorious for not being the most approachable. And I, I wrote that. Uh, I mean, the book's not really for managers. It's just, it's a book about approachability that would be helpful the most to managers because they need it. And part of it is about positioning yourself in a way where people feel comfortable asking questions and creating a, a question friendly atmosphere. It's also about setting boundaries because you can be too approachable. And I've screwed that up before and I learned my lesson. But you need to know where to draw the line because I remember when that book came out a few years ago, this guy in the audience said, like, hey, is there a, is there a chapter in that book that shows you how to get your employees to stop bothering you so you can get your work done?
1: <laughs> right.
0: And, and that's key too. So it talks about setting boundaries and making sure you know how to decline respectfully. And all of that is what it makes uh, you more approachable.
1: Scott, if somebody wants to learn more about you, where would they find you?
0: It's easy. Just go to Google and type in the word name tag.
1: And your website is actually hello, my name is Scott.com. We can throw that in it there. Is. It is. I'm extremely
0: easy to find. If if you don't want to remember that whole long website, you can just Google name tag.
1: Name tag. All right. Well, Scott, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, man. Thanks, John.